Welcome back to the WTOC Sports Podcast. I'm WTOC Sports Director Lindsey Goff, recording this for you on a Sunday night that'll come out on Monday. Recapping our weekend of college football, certainly not as wild as it was last weekend, but entertaining nonetheless. We'll lead off in Athens, of course, where the number one Georgia Bulldogs topped my number 11 Kentucky Wildcats 30-13. to So the dogs stay unbeaten. They are number one in the new AP polls as they head into their bye week. They're 7-0, 5-0 in SEC play. Stetson Bennett, Pierce County native, made his third straight start in for JT Daniels. He was 14 of 20 passing for 250 yards and three touchdowns. Two of those went to Brock Bowers. He had five catches for 101 yards and two touchdowns. That is pretty efficient. Now, it was the first time this season that the Bulldogs have given up two touchdowns in a game. It's also the first time this season they've given up a second-half touchdown. But that defense is still stellar. Don't get it twisted. Kentucky receiver Wandale Robinson, who came into Athens as the SEC's leading rusher, had just 12 catches for 44 yards. That defense is stout. So despite Kentucky finding the end zone, Georgia's defense is strong. Now after that win, here's head coach Kirby Smart and Stetson Bennett. Proud of our guys today. Uh, that was a really fo- physical football team we played. I don't every single time we play them, it's just it's tough. Uh, Mark. You know, they, they play tough, hard-nosed football. Uh, they do a tremendous job, all three phases, and um, they don't make many mistakes. And when you have a team like that, you have to you know, beat them methodically, and uh, it's tough. They got a really good football team. So, proud of our guys. I thought our DNA showed through. Our DNA continues to repeatedly show up. Composure, connection, resiliency, and toughness. Those, those qualities come through in this team. You know, at halftime, nobody was – panic nobody was you know nervous it's hey it's a physical football game we're gonna stay aggressive uh keep coming at them and uh, give them a lot of credit they got a good football team but i'm proud of our guys and the way so many players have risen up and uh rose to the occasion so with that i'll open it up kirby uh one thing that stands out about todd munkin's play calling is that he he rides the run or the pass depending on what's working kind of zigs when he zags. What, what can you say about how he's called plays this season and this game in particular? Well, I think he's done an incredible job. When you think about the guys he's had in, I mean, he's taken, you know, tight ends, made a multiple. He's taken backs. Uh, he's taken wide outs that, that, you know, that weren't necessarily early season starters and done a really good job. I mean, you think about it, he's, uh, he's called the game with what you call it to play players, right? Not plays, but players. And when you dial up 19 and 84 and and four and three, and those guys continue to make plays five, I mean, he does a good job of uh, keeping defenses off balance. Kirby, I want to ask you about the uh, the uh, field goal block and the PAT block. Um, you know, how much is that practiced? And uh, did you think at all about uh, accepting the penalty, which obviously turned out to be uh, fortunate that you guys uh, had a chance to block that? What was that uh, on the? I don't understand on the penalty. Yeah, we we we, pra- we practice blocking field goals. <laughs> we we practice that all the time. So you know, we've been really close this year. We just haven't gotten any. Um, I guess you're talking about the penalty that we could have accepted and backed them up further. Yeah. No, at that point in time, they're doing us a favor by kicking a field goal when we have the lead. So I mean, all we were going to do is give them two more shots, possibly the end zone, or one more shot at the end zone in the field goal. Field goal is doing us a favor. So I, I don't, I don't see it as an advantage to back them up and give them another shot at the end zone. And I always think we have an opportunity to block a field goal because we've got uh, people that care about points. We we say that that field goal block is part of red zone defense. You want to be good at red zone defense? Block field goals. And uh, there's nothing worse, nothing worse, or more demoralizing for a team than to get a field goal blocked. Let's go to Mike Griffith and then to Chip Towers. Kirby, obviously the the defense was was really strong all day, but it don't often see 22 play touchdown drives. The the final drive, how much of that is trading basically time for yardage there in that situation? We, do you play it a little different if if you're not running down the clock trying to win a football game there? I mean, I was talking to Dan during the drive, just telling him that we're eating clock, we're fine, be patient. But it wasn't like it was strategy. I mean, they did a good job. You know, they, they were they were keeping us off balance. They were nickel and diamond us. We had a couple times to get off. It's different when you have four downs. Now, I don't know how many times on that drive they used four downs, but you have to play third down differently because third down becomes second down. 
and fourth down becomes third down. And we didn't get them to fourth down, but maybe once, I'm not sure. And it was a, it was real short, you know. Uh, but I, I love the way our guys play. They take so much pride. And, and we, you know, they've started a saying on our, our, our defense that, you know, not in our end zone. No one in our end zone. And they, they fought tooth and nail, but give Kentucky credit. They, they got in there twice. Coach, I really want to ask you about the offense, and it just obviously you guys opened it up at halftime, like what you saw and what was discussed there, just throwing more and throwing to the tight end a lot. But I did want to ask on the, on the defense, just calling the timeout with a few seconds left to play and all that, did you have any problem with kind of the way the game ended? No, I had, play, yeah, I had a problem with the, how it ended for our players. Guy runs on the field, undisciplined. Uh, we, we blocked in the back on the return there because you can return that kick for two points. And, uh, that would have been great to score on defense, which we take a lot of pride on. But, I mean, I, that my problem was our reaction to the moment and not keeping a good level head on our shoulders. That's my problem. I, I, I respect Marsh got a job to do. He, he's trying to compete and score. I mean, why not? Um, that's what he's trying – as he came here to do is win the game and score points. So, I mean, I, I respect that. They had a long drive uh, there. And the uh, offense uh, – uh, Opening up in the second half oh, offensively. Yeah, I, I'll be honest with you, Chip. It wasn't like we get in there and said, oh, man, we got to throw the ball. I mean, we didn't say that. We they, we ran the ball. We had some good runs in the first half, you know. We had some negative lost yardage plays that hurt us, put us behind the chains. But, you know, it's not like – I mean, I, I say it all the time. Be aggressive. Take what they give you. And if they continue to lower the safeties, put them in the box, and, you know, they were they were bent on, on not letting us run the ball, which I really think we could – Run the ball, but if it's if it's easier to throw it and it keeps him off balance and uh, and you're rolling, we did a good job in the passing game and uh, didn't do as much as didn't do as good early in the passing game as maybe we should have. All right, let's go to Anthony Dasher and then we'll come back to uh, Ivan Mazel. Hey, Coach, uh, I ask you again about the uh, defense stand at the end of the third quarter and again at the end of the game where the guys don't fall fall like heck, you know, keep them out. How how do those two examples kind of speak to that DNA that you're talking about that they would really bust their tail so much to keep the other team out of the end zone? It's just pride. It's pride in performance. It's a standard of excellence that that we want. It doesn't matter if it's offense, defense, or special teams. You know, like you go out there, you compete at your highest level to be the best in the country, and that doesn't change. It doesn't change regardless of the scoreboard, the situation, the time in the game. It doesn't matter. And when you play like that, it kind of makes it where – your focus is on getting better, not on stats and where you where you land. And our, our kids, you know, offense, defense, and special teams played really hard. I did not think that we had uh, the kind of special teams games we need to to affect games. Ivan Mazel, do you have a question? I, I'm good. Thanks, Claude. Okay. Let's go to Dean Leggy, and then we'll come back to Pat Forty. Harvey, two things. First of all, Kendall's – uh, fumble recovery there. It seemed like everybody just, I mean, they didn't blow the whistle, but it seemed like everybody thought it was an inter a, uh, incompletion and just everybody on the field stopped except Kendall and he goes and gets it. How important was that play? And then secondly, you know, it's been a long season already. What's this next week going to be like for y'all not having? Yeah, the play by Kendall might have been the play of the game because it was a momentum swing. You know, it was like one of those that, hey, if we don't get that ball, you know, everybody's, oh, we turned it over, demoralized, and to jump on it, I, I thought it was, you know, incompletion. I'm thinking, well, what, what's everybody chasing the ball for? But we, we, we talk about it all the time. If you don't know, they, they don't know. They're going to let you play. So get on it, jump on it, and he did a great job doing that. He was really good today and did a great job, always does. Um, in terms of the next week, I, I, you know, I don't know. We're going to get back to work Monday. We've got a lot of things we think we can improve on. Uh, we'll put this game to bed tomorrow, and uh, we'll work on opponents for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday that we have, uh, all our upcoming opponents. And you know, we're going to just visit with the team and say, hey, look, you've you got to make a choice. You want to flatline, stay where you are, or you want to continue to ascend and get better because there is a lot of things that we can get better at and we need to for this stretch run. And we also need to get healthy. I mean, we need to get some guys healthy. Pat Forty, you have a question? Yeah. Uh, Kirby, can a defensive player win the Heisman? And you've got so many good ones. Is there one that you all could promote? You know, I don't. I don't know the answer to that. I, I would probably have said before the season that's impossible because statistics lead you to believe that it's always going to be an offensive player. Um, in terms of numbers they put up, you know, I thought it was amazing last year that a receiver won it. I never thought that would happen again. I thought it would be a, a quarterback's world because that's the, the world we live in and play in. But 
I certainly think that when you look at the draft, people see it different. You know, like what is the Heisman? Is it the the best college football players, the most dominant, is the most valuable. You, you can go through all these different things in terms of uh, that, and we don't we don't really care. We let you guys decide that, and uh, I respect it, but it's not something that we look for. And I'll be honest with you, the guys on our team are so bought into their roles, and as long as they do that, we'll keep getting better. You know, my biggest fear is uh, guys worrying about things like that and, and not the total team success. Okay, Jake Rowe, and then I'll come to Chuck Culpepper. Kirby, you, you've talked uh, multiple times about wanting to be more explosive. I think you guys had, you know, I know you guys measured your own way, but you had nine plays offensively of 20 yards or more. What what does that allow you to do, like, offensively? How does that allow you to maybe open things up for, for other things within the offense? Well, it probably allows you to go two or seven on third down and still win the game. You know, you see that stat and it's spooky. But when you hear what you just said about the explosives, uh, that's big. And we want to be an explosive football team, a dangerous football team. We feel like, you know, at full strength with our wideouts, we can be really explosive. You know, we thought coming into the year where that was going to be one of the strengths of our team, and it's been an injured portion of our team. Uh, but we have quarterbacks to get them the ball. We have offensive line to protect. We have good backs. Uh, we just have to keep building and getting better and play cleaner football. You know, I, I felt like today – was one of the probably least clean offensive football games we've had in terms of not giving up negative plays and those kind of things and, and just hurting drives. But we, we accompanied it with explosive plays. Yeah, Kirby? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. Your defense gave up two touchdowns for the first time this season. Um, that would be – People would, a lot of people would throw a parade over something like that, but are they going to be mad? Is, it, is the standard so high that they're going to be mad over that? I don't know that they'll be mad. I think they'll, they'll take the uh, input the coaches give them. Like, we'll watch the tape and say, okay, why did they score? Um, and if they beat us on the calls and they did better than we did and executed better, we tip our hat to them. If um, we didn't play real well, then they'll clean it up. But I know this, they played hard, they ran to the ball, and that's a really good football team. So I, I – uh, I don't, I don't know how they'll react, but we will make sure they understand the truth. The truth is sometimes teams beat you, and, and, and sometimes you give it to them. Uh, and I don't know exactly. i got to watch it and see because some of those drives were pandemonium. All right, let's go to uh, Paul Newberry and then uh, Catherine Lewis. Paul? Uh, yeah, hey, Kirby. Um, what has uh, stood out to you about the defense's performance over these first seven? I mean, it's so much, I mean, the numbers are kind of staggering when you go down the list, but what to you has stood out about this defense? The buy-in. You know, there's no selfishness. They buy-in. Probably the other thing that stood out is the way they practice. Uh, my favorite part of the day is when you go into a meeting and all the kids start saying, give me a nugget, give me a nugget, coach, give me a nugget. They want Dan and Schumann and Muschamp and die and Trey Scott to give them a nugget. A nugget is a note that might help me in the game. You know, they boot to their left ten more times than they boot to their right. That's a nugget. You know, I'm going to take that and I'm going to use that some kind of way to make me better. You know, when this player lines up here, this is the play that's coming. That's a nugget. And they, they embrace those nuggets. And there's a lot of college football teams that go in a meeting and it's like Charlie Brown and wah, 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 wah. We don't, we don't do that. We entertain. We play music. We we challenge, we make guys stand up, talk, it's teaching. Now, please don't mistake it for good players. We got good players. But those things combined uh, help, and I appreciate our staff, offense, defense, special teams, for the way they coach our players and teach our players. Hey, Coach, I wanted to ask you specifically about your tight end room this season, how they've developed. Um, coming from Darnell Washington being hurt and uh, a freshman being one of the most influential players and now Washington returning. How has that kind of developed so far? Uh, Coach Hartley's done a great job. First, it starts with recruiting, go get good players, and then get them to buy into the team and buy into blocking and being selfless and then buy into making plays when you get an opportunity. I think uh, Coach Hartley, Coach Munkin, the whole offensive staff puts the plan together that off of our play action – 
Uh, our tight ends are weapons. They're size guys. They make plays down the field. And, hey, let's give Stetson some credit. He threw a ball in there on uh, on uh, Fitz. I think it was Fitz down the sideline. It was a great play. And then Brock's play in the end zone. And then he hit Darnell, which if he had thrown it a little higher, Darnell probably would have caught it and ran with it. But those are all good balls. And we've got a good, tight, talented tight end room. And as long as they buy in to the team first concept, then we got a chance to be successful. But – uh, Brock missed a couple blocks a day, so I, you know, I had to get on Brock a little bit. He he, he missed a big key block that that hurt us on a a play that probably could have put the game out if we score there instead of having to kick a field goal. Hey, let's go, David uh, Davis Baker, and then uh, we'll see if Michael Cunningham has a question. Hey, coach, do you think that the adversity that you guys faced specifically at the end of the first half will help you guys down the line? Were you satisfied with the way that you guys came out in the third quarter? Never satisfied. I hate to say it. I hate that word because. You know, satisfied is arriving. I'm not. I'm not satisfied. I'm. I'm pleased with the effort. Uh, we're going to have adversity, guys. You're not going to play in the SEC without adversity. It's how you respond to it. And I didn't think our guys blinked. I didn't think anybody was panicking. I mean, you know, every game's not going to come out and just jump all over people. They got good players too. They got good plans. And uh, I thought these guys came out, played really hard against us, and it was a hard-fought game. And we feel like if we keep chopping wood, eventually, we'll we'll make more plays than the other team. I just don't know how long that, that's going to take. And we believe that no matter how long it takes, we'll, we'll make more plays. Michael Cunningham, do you have a question? Yes, Coach, you've, uh, you said this is the first time you ever had a close game at halftime since Clemson, really, and you said that you didn't think that your guys were panicking. What did you see from them that made you confident that you know, they were going to be okay? Well, the players were talking to each other. They were talking about composure and talking about what can we do to do better and settling down. And uh, there was nobody really rattled. I mean, it was a, uh, a, they had the first possession of the game, and we ended on a, a, a take a knee. So we were a couple possessions short of uh, where we wanted to be, and we knew what we could do to, to improve. And uh, they had one really good drive on, on, on offense. So there was no panic there. We'd make adjustments and go play. Okay, let's go to Palmer Toms and then to Dennis Dodd. Kirby, y'all, y'all stopped Kentucky's run game today and forced them to be one-dimensional. How important was that for success on defense? Yeah, it's big. Anytime you control, control the line of scrimmage, you know, it's huge. I still don't know run stats because, again, we talk about this every week, but they, they throw the sacks in there. So, in my mind, they ran the ball better than most people do against us. I'm not looking at 27 for 51. I'm looking at 27 for whatever the rush was. But uh, – we did not give up explosive. We tackled well. I thought on these guys on the perimeter, when they spit that ball out to one, you better get two guys there because a one-on-one -on -one tackle with one is tough. We controlled him. You know, 50% of his touches this, so far this year were explosive plays. That's crazy. So that was big for us to limit that. Yeah, Kirby, um, if Stetson keeps playing at this level and, and if and when JT gets healthy, how do you evaluate that, that position? We evaluate that position like we do every single position. We go to practice. We do third down period. We do two-minute. We uh, ask questions in meetings. We, 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 we do everything just like a normal position. So uh, we evaluate that position just like we do corner, left tackle, everything. Now, it is different in the management of it. I get it in terms of reps and things. Uh, but we, we evaluate the same way. I mean, I – I, I, I'm proud of the way Stetson played, and I'm hopeful that JT gets healthy as soon as possible. And, and also, it, I mean, this is just a, a layman's observation, but are you trusting him more throws downfield, sideline stuff that, that obviously when he first started, you wouldn't have had him do? Stetson? Yeah. I, I, we never didn't trust Stetson. I, I don't see it that way. I don't, I don't see it as, oh, they've opened up the offense for Stetson. I mean, I can go back case in point to games, you know, where he threw the ball quite a bit. There's, there's been games we didn't throw it with him, but it wasn't a lack of trust. It was, mm -hmm. I mean, I think of Kentucky last year. I felt like we run the ball every play last year against Kentucky, but it, it was what we could do to win the game. It's what we thought gave us the most success. And I remember the opening drive against them last year, we just – I think we ran the ball every play down the field. Um, and it wasn't a lack of trust. I mean, we trust Stetson. And uh, I thought Stetson threw the ball, you know, in the Alabama game. He threw the ball in some other games. So it's not a, it's not like a maturation process. It's more about what the defense has given us and who's healthy on offense. All right. Thank you.
Hey, we got time for three more questions. We'll go to uh, David Ubin and then uh, Connor Riley and finish with Allison Strangelo. Uh, Kirby, how would you describe Jordan Davis's impact on your defense? Uh, Godzilla-like. I mean, he's 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 impactful. I mean, he's the immovable object. He buys in to uh, like staying healthy and staying keeping his weight down. He's a really good player, and he's bought into that. He's like he understands it's important. And the young man is under tremendous uh, microscope in terms of media. I mean, for a for a D lineman, right? Maybe not for a quarterback, but for a D lineman, he's under a big microscope, and he's uh, he does everything he can to the best of his ability. He works hard for us, um, and he's been impactful in stopping the run and allowing us to play, you know, alternative coverages that you can't do sometimes when people can run the ball on you. So uh, he's definitely a bright spot, and more importantly, he's very. Um, very entertaining in meetings, and he's a great personality. And people that don't know him should should get to know him because he's got, he's he's just fun and fun to be around. Embrace him. Hey Kirby, what's in your opinion been the big difference, or not big difference, but the improvements that Stetson Bennett has made? What has sort of enabled that to where this year as a starter he's four and zero and ten touchdowns, zero interceptions in those starts? Uh, experience, a better defense. Um, He's grown up some. He's made some. You know, he threw the ball today away on third down. That was smart. But I don't know. Y'all tell me because I thought the guy played pretty good last year. You know, I mean, he he got beat. We got beat by the national champion with him at at quarterback. You know, and we didn't play uh, real good on defense. Uh, and then he was playing pretty good against the team that won the SEC East, and he took a shot and and hurt his shoulder. So I don't know that this is like all a new premonition that he's just all of a sudden gotten better. I think that he's a very effective quarterback. He's very bright. He can run with his, his legs. He understands what uh, Monk is trying to do. Kirby, I wanted to follow up on the uh, nuggets that you were talking about in practice. Is that like a once a week thing? Is that an everyday thing? Is that for everybody on the team? I, I'm really curious by that. And also, what are you looking forward to the most this weekend, having off just to do with your family? Well, I don't know that I'll get any time off because tomorrow we got all these recruits here. So we'll be uh, recruiting and we'll be watching tape. Uh, I look forward to the weekend next week. Maybe that's what you were asking. Next weekend I'll have some time to watch games and uh, go recruit. I love going to recruit and seeing high school kids and being in that atmosphere. That's great. The Nuggets is uh, is daily. So when we go into the meeting, we, we, we don't ever sit in a meeting more than 30, 35 minutes because, like you guys, the attention span of our players is only about – 15 to 20 minutes. So this 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 interview itself has probably put you guys to sleep. But for our players, they can't handle not getting nuggets, not getting music, not getting uh, you know Schumann to stand up and define what elite is or you know what the nugget of the day is. That hey, when they're in four strong load, it's 100% run. They they enjoy those nuggets. I think some of them think of it as being hungry, so they they like to eat at our place. Thank you, Coach Mark. Thank y'all. Um, it was, it was a bit slow. I don't know. I mean, there was no, there were no magic words. Um, we just started executing a little bit better, um, at every position. Um, but it was, it was a little bit slower. You're right. Um, I don't know. We hit, we hit some shots. We started running the ball a little bit better. Um, but I'm not, I'm not real sure exactly what happened. It just got a little bit better. Stetson, congratulations. I want to ask you about your uh, kind of your chemistry with Brock Bowers today and uh, about the drive where, where it got called back and then you ended up hitting it, uh, him on that one. You kind of take me through your mindset when you, when the play came back and then to put it in the next, you know, couple of plays later, whatever it was. Yeah, that's not, that was, uh, those are my favorite touchdowns, just little um, screen passes that go for about 65. Um, but no, I mean, Brock, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe some quarterbacks in man to man coverage. Uh, you go pick your matchups, but Kentucky was a big zone team, so um, my eyes just found him. I wasn't looking for him um, on that touchdown. Actually, he was supposed to. Um, well, yeah, he's a real good player, and um, and uh, I mean he he made plays. I mean, what do you have? One of five today with two touchdowns. Yeah, really good player. We'll next go to Chip Towers, followed by Dennis Dodd. 
Let's, uh, let's talk big picture here a little bit. You've gotten through seven weeks. Uh, the Bulldogs are ranked number one. You finally get an off week. Uh, just what's the feeling of accomplishment at this point, or is there no feeling of accomplishment that there's so much more work still to be done? Um, well, it depends on how you look at accomplishment. I mean, uh, yeah, we're, we're proud of what we've done. I mean, we're not, I mean, it'd be silly not to be. Um, we played good football, but that doesn't mean that we don't have any each and every opportunity to get better at each and every position. Um, so, yeah, I mean, focus going on this week. Um, I'm sure it'll be, you know, get healthy, um, get better at your individual assignment. Um, and, uh, yeah. You ready? Stetson, Stetson, this is Dennis Dodd. Um, how would you sum up your career to this point? Uh, when does the book come out? <laughs> and if, if, what would you would say to someone summing up this team? They've got everything, but uh, if there's a way to beat them, the weak point is their quarterback. What, what would you say to that right now? Somebody saying that to our team? Yeah, if, if, if someone said that about your team. Uh, well, I'd probably, um, somebody said that to me. Um, I don't know. Um, and somebody said that to me, there's really nothing you could say to convince them otherwise, so I'd probably just walk away. Um, <laughs> and then just go to practice tomorrow. I don't know. <laughs> and, and, how and how would you sum up your career to this point? I love your Walk on, who transferred, then got her scholarship, started a little bit, got benched, um, and then started again a little bit this year. Okay. All right. Next go to Mike Griffith, followed by um, Dean Leggy. Uh, hey, hey, Stetson, it, it, would it be fair to say that you guys had a little bit more aggressive attack coming out? It, it looked like you were really sticking the ball downfield, really um, – you know, moving the change fast. I think you were four or four throwing on one drive. Uh, it just it just looked like a much more aggressive uh, attack, especially from the passing game. Yeah. Um, I mean, like you said, the first half was, was kind of a little, little stagnant. Uh, we hit some roadblocks, and then, um, you know, I'm not in Munkin's mind. Um, I mean, we did we had we had some we, we had some changes in, at halftime, um, but then especially that one drive um, you're talking about, we kept we kept hitting them with the pass and we kept calling pass, and um, uh, it was a bit more fun for me. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we, we can be explosive when we want to, and um, we can run the ball when we want to. Um, it's just I don't know. It's just about execution. Stetson, apologize for the background noise. Uh, number one, uh, how big a play was it for Kendall to jump on that ball uh, on the first half? And then secondly, exactly who are you flexing to on the sideline after these touchdown throws? Uh, what was the second one again? Who are you flexing to or towards after you throw these, after you throw these touchdown balls? Um, well, Kendall's, I mean, good Lord, that was huge. I thought it was a pass. Um, just how the ball – I mean, it just came out um, and went forward, and then I turned around. There's a, a bing bag on the on the ground, and I was like, "Oh!" And I turned around, and thank goodness, Kendall was um, jumping on the ball, um, and it gave us eight yards. Um, and then uh, flexing, uh, it was more just like a, a general placement of the flex, and there was no no one in in particular. We'll next go to Anthony Dasher, followed by. Uh, Ivan Mazel. Hey, Stat. Uh, I know this is a team that really prides itself on its physicality on, on both sides of the ball. You guys knew Kentucky was going to try to match that today, and obviously you guys uh, were a little too much. So how, how much did, did the team take pride in that aspect of y'all's play and, and, and how that kind of went to effect today? I mean, that that's one of the um, one of the pillars that this program's built on is, is physicality and, and strength and toughness. Um, and when you know somebody's going to come in here to your to your stadium to your turf um, and challenge that, challenge you as a man. Um, I mean, the guys were locked in all week. Um, they knew that Kentucky is a physical team. Um, they knew what they were going to try to do. 
um, and they're ready for it. Ivan, question for Ivan Maisel. Okay, if not, we'll go to Alan and Strangelo, um, followed by Jack Duffy. Hey, Stetson. I was just curious, how has the starting quarterback position been described to you? Has it been like this is your job to lose right now? You're their guy. And also, can you talk about going into this bye week? Where have you seen the biggest growth in your game uh, this year compared to last year? Um, I was the starter this week for Kentucky. Um, and then this week, this next week for the bye week, um, you know, footwork, um, seeing coverage is better, um, being a little bit more firm on some of the passes that I think are, are easy open, like the one to Brock over the middle on the first drive uh, and the cross on the first drive. I, I kind of took those for granted and didn't, didn't um, put them on them. Um, so just, just little, little tidbits like that um, and getting better running the football. Hey Stetson, can you describe what it feels like as an offense when your your defense and your special teams, you know, they make big plays and, and you get to come back on the field with all that energy in the crowd? Yeah, I mean it's awesome um, when they do get get a turnover or you know suck the life out of an offense and the crowd's jumping all over. We get a sack on third down or you know we 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 block a field goal or um, we block an extra point at the end. Um, I mean you're riding it. Um, but you also know that, you know, it's your job to, to go out there and capitalize off that stuff. We'll next go to Paul Newberry, followed by uh, David Ubin. Hi, Stetson. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Um, how, how much more comfortable are you getting in the, the starting role? I believe it's your third straight start, fourth of the year. Um, does it, you know, sort of, I know you had the starting job a little bit last year as well. Does this sort of feel like your team right now, even though I know the quarterback is on a week-to-week -week basis? Um, you know, I think the way we practice and the, and the way that we prepare, um, everybody in the quarterback room, um, you know, when we get out there, I think we're, we're everybody who, who, who gets a chance to be out there is, is comfortable and dialed in and uh, with, the, with, the, with the players that we have and the defense that we have and the run game and, and the coaches and all that stuff. I mean, as long as you do your job, um, study everything, uh, know the offense in and out, uh, know what the defense is going to try to do, you're going to feel pretty comfortable. David Ubin, question. If not, we have time for one last question. We'll go to Ben Roberts, uh, ben Roberts at the Lexington Herald-Leader. I apologize for some of you with your hands raised we didn't get to. Uh, nothing for Ben. We will go to Jed May then. Yes, Stetson, I think you know over half of y'all's completions today went to the tight ends. Um, just what was it like finally having Darnell, Brock, and John sort of all involved in the passing game and, you know, exploiting those um, those mismatches that they create against the defense? Yeah. Um, I mean, you said it, it's mismatches. When you have, you know, people with fits in uh, Darnell's size and uh, Brock's explosiveness, um, it, it creates matchup problems for whoever you want to put on them. You know, are you going to put somebody faster who's smaller or somebody bigger who's slower? Um, and they're just – they're so big. Um, it's kind of like a safety blanket when you're trying to throw it to them. You know, it's hard to miss them. Kentucky was Georgia's third straight-ranked opponent, and that will not be the case for the Florida game. The Dogs have a bye week, and then they face Florida in Jacksonville on the 30th. But Florida was knocked out of the AP polls this week. They had a 49-42 loss to unranked LSU. They were number 20. They're also on a bye this week. So that'll be Georgia taking on an unranked Florida team on the 30th down in Jacksonville. Back here in Savannah, Savannah State on homecoming beats Clark Atlanta 49-14. They're now 6-1 and 
on a six-game winning streak. In their 4-0 in SIAC play, the Tigers scored 28 points in the fourth quarter alone. They had 399 yards of total offense, and JT Hardage threw for 96 yards and a touchdown in that win, so the Tigers are rolling. Over in Columbia, South Carolina in a nail-biter. They beat Vanderbilt by one, 21-20 the final. That is Shane Beamer's first SEC win as the Gamecocks head coach. They're now 4-3, and 1-3 and three in conference play. Luke Doty started the game under center. He went 17-26 of 26 passing for 242 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. He had an old injury flare-up, so Zeb Noland, the guy that started the season for South Carolina, a graduate assistant that took over as Luke Doty was hurt. Zeb Noland comes in uh, um, in the final minutes of the game. He went 5 of 8 passing for 75 yards and one touchdown. He came in on the Gamecocks' final drive. He led a 75-yard touchdown drive connecting with Xavier Leggett on a nine-yard scoring pass with 37 seconds left, and he hadn't played since the Georgia game. So pretty impressive. It didn't appear that he had any rust to knock off. Uh, South Effingham alum Rocco Griffin led Vandy in rushing. He had 18 carries for 57 yards and a touchdown himself. Here's Shane Beamer and Zeb Noland after that win. Win, first of all. Um, it's amazing. Last night we in the hotel, uh, we showed a video to the team of uh, it was about – you guys, sports writers, that uh, in the Super Bowl between the Falcons and the Patriots, the sports writers that had to write, that had a story written when the Falcons were up 28-3 to and how they had to tear all the stories up and write a new one because of the way the Patriots came back. So no disrespect, but I hope every single one of you had to tear up your story that you've been working on for the last two hours and start a new one. Augusta does not seem pleased with me right now as I say that. But it's true. But the whole point of the video was we don't let anyone write the story for us. And that there was an outside narrative this week, maybe, I don't know, I'm insulated in the building, but no matter what people say on Twitter, no matter what people write on the message boards, uh, no matter what people say on talk radio, we, the people in this program, write the story. And um, that was the point of the video, and it's crazy how it all uh, came to fruition today. So, so proud of our team, my gosh. Um, you know, first of all, we, we did, we had, we, there was so much bad football out there today from busting coverages in the first half on defense and giving up explosive passes, turnovers on offense, um, uh, two holding penalties by two DBs on the same play, missed tackles, uh, bad, a couple bad snaps on some kicks, some explosive plays on offense that came back because of holding penalties. So, I mean, we, we can't have that, and, and we'll talk about that tomorrow and, and, learn, and continue to get, get it corrected. But, wow, um, what a job our guys just never flinching. And, and I said it after the East Carolina game. I said it after the Troy game. Uh, these guys battle, and, and they love each other, and it's pretty special to watch. And I hope our fans appreciate how special this group of guys is. There were a lot of great plays in that game and a lot of great moments, but I don't know if anyone meant more to me than right before the offense took the field for that last drive. The, you see the whole defense come down there, Jabari Ellis, J.J., Aaron, all the DBs, and they're all in the huddle encouraging their teammates. And had every not every right, but at that point it hadn't been going well and it didn't look good, and the defense got a stop. They just kept making stop after stop after stop, and then the defense comes down there and, and has their backs, and then Zeb and the offense go right down there and, 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 and score to win the game. So what a finish, what a game. Um, you know, we had a lot of, I'm sure you guys will ask about injuries and different guys that were out today for different reasons. We had a lot of adversity that we had to overcome, but these guys just keep uh, keep finding a way. And um, there's something to be said for that, for sure. Give credit to Vanderbilt. I know what the narrative was coming into this game. That's a team that, you know, late in the second quarter against Florida last week, it's 14 nothing. That's a team that was down 14 nothing to Colorado State and came back and won. Um, they, they've got size, like I told you about all week. The quarterback coming in today, we thought that might happen. He's a runner. He did a great job. The running back runs hard. They're physical. Uh, they're tough. And they showed that today. So Clark Lee's doing a lot of great things for that program. And, and, and um, the, their future is bright. 
uh, as well. And then thanks to our fans as well. We really appreciate the guys that were out there. We had an unbelievable amount of recruits that were here today. Saw a bunch of them just now after the game. Uh, we're going to get this program back to where we all want it to be because of the way that we're going to recruit here. And when we have a home field environment like that today, that helps uh, big time. Not just with us, but all the sports that had that had recruits here in, in, um, before the game. So. A lot to uh, improve on. I know you guys got a lot of questions, but what a win. What a win. And uh, congrats to our guys as well. I'm so proud to be their coach. David with the first one. Hey, Shane. Um, you got a new quarterback? Is Zeb your, start, your starter going forward? And we'll see. I mean, Luke's foot was bothering him a little bit late in the game. Uh, was having some trouble. Uh, making throws, um, you know, and, and he made some great throws as well. It's a shame because we had some big explosive passes that would have been big-time plays that, that got called back because of some holding penalties. So, like every game, we'll, back, we'll uh, go back and look at the video but, uh, of the game. But Luke did a lot of good stuff, and, and Zeb obviously came in and did an amazing job as well. He's a phenomenal teammate, and, and, and people forget. I mean, we were 2-0 and, and and had just gone down right down, the, right down the field against George on the opening drive when Zeb got hurt. And uh, so he continues to operate at a high level for us, and Luke continues to get better as well. Ben Portnoy. Shane, I can confirm I had to tear up the story, so appreciate that. But as far as, uh, you know, as far as quarterback playing, when did you really figure out that you were going to put Zeb into the game and then just uh, take me through that eight-play drive? I mean, what did you see? What were you guys calling, and, and what kind of happened there? Yeah, um, I guess the series – the series before when we got a little bit of pressure and, and we threw the interception, the last interception, actually before that series, you know, we had talked about it and and because uh, Luke's foot was bothering him a little bit and, and we just needed a spark to finish some drives. Um, and then uh, or I guess right before that series and then right after that last interception, we just knew that if we're going to go win the game, you know, we we're going to give Zeb an opportunity and, and uh, we needed a healthy quarterback in there as well. And Zeb's got a great feel for, you know, our – passing game and protections and and uh you know we work two minute a lot on Sunday nights uh before I jump on the teleconference with you guys we do that at practice every single week against each other offense versus defense we work it on uh on Thursdays and create all kinds of different situations and and we did it on uh we did it on Thursday in practice and I think we went three and out three and out both times on offense so we obviously were a lot better tonight but just throwing the same stuff we've been throwing and and some great individual catches across on that drive I and mean, EJ Jenkins and and I mean I can't remember them all but just playmakers and that's what we talked about all week as an offense is you know we've got good plays but let's just let's get the ball to our playmakers Zaquandre Jaheem um, on and on and on. You saw those guys making, t making plays. I mean, you look at Jaheim today, six catches, 136 yards. Xavier Leggett had to step in today. Van, Joyner, ran the ball a little bit better. Z White getting back in the mix. So we just – I tell you guys all the time, we're just continuing to get better as a team each and every week. And, and, um, and, uh, and you saw a lot of guys that have been really working hard in practice that showed up today. Colin Taylor. Yes. Shane, before I forget, just what were the reasons why Juju, um, Jalen, and Dylan missed today? Do you anticipate them back? And, and what did you see, especially from Xavier in extended time? Uh, we expect them back soon. Juju was out for a uh, uh, an accountability team policy issue off the field. Uh, Love that kid. Talked to him this morning. Um, he will be back next week. Uh, Jalen had a has a personal matter that he needed to attend to today, and out of respect for him, we allowed him to do that. Uh, hopefully, he'll be back with us soon. And uh, Dylan Wanham had a, a back issue that flared up uh, late in the week. Um, that you know he he was kind of a, he was on pro on track to be okay this week. He practiced this week, and then uh, I guess it was. Thursday, Friday uh, didn't get didn't improve as quickly as we like, uh, but expect him to to be back soon as well. And then the guys that got hurt during the game. I mean, I think Kevin Harris was, went down at one point. I think he came back. Marshawn Marshawn went down at one point. He came back. Uh, Jalen Dickerson got banged up. Um, Joey Hunter got banged up. So it was a physical game out there and, and uh, took a toll on both teams. Corey Diaz. kind of mentioned him in passing a couple of times but uh obviously it's it was not necessarily scripted for Zeb to come in on that final drop but also to Xavier Leggett catches the, the game winning pass a guy that's really been fighting for playing time so just talk about those two guys just really stepping up the season that yeah yeah you, you always got to be ready and um 
And um, those guys were. And, and X is a good player. I mean, I've said it since the day I got here. To be a receiver and have his, his size and his physicality and strong hands, um, he's a guy that – uh, we like and, and proud of him and the way that he played uh, today to step in, have four catches, 31 yards, and, and a touchdown, and that was uh, that was huge. And then same thing with Zeb as well. And, and you know, when we practice, we work a lot of good on good, and we talk all the time as a staff about playing our players and continuing to develop depth. And this was the halfway point of the regular season, and, and a lot of these guys that maybe haven't been playing as much, we need them to continue to get better as the year goes on. So by the time we get to the last game of the regular season, these guys that uh, haven't been playing as much continue to improve and, and, um, and, and can continue to help this football team. Ben Reiner. Uh, hey, Shane. When, when you kind of look at the overall defensive performance, it seemed like there were a, a smaller set of busts and then kind of all right on the plays around that. Does some of that reflect sort of a, a defensive scheme this week that sort of was, I, I guess, a little more high risk, high reward, or was there sort of another factor at work that kind of leads to that? No, I don't think so. I mean, I really feel like, you know, game plan wise, it was the same as it is has been. I mean, we kind of do what we do on defense and don't really change a whole lot week to week. I think the biggest thing with us is, you know, that quarterback got around and scrambled and when I think the, the first big play, we were in three deep zone coverage. You know, I mean, that you shouldn't be giving up an explosive pass in three deep zone coverage on a scramble. And, and guys just got to be more disciplined from that standpoint. Uh, you know, and, and credit them. I mean, they, they made, some, made some plays. But when you have missed tackles like we had, that was – that went – there are a, lot, a lot of their yards were missed tackles on the perimeter. A lot of the drives that continued were because of uh, penalties or busts on defense. We've got to get that cleaned up. You know, we talk all the time about playing smart football, and you guys have heard me say it a million times. And, and um, you know, we've been pretty good on the penalties the last couple games. I think we've been around four, five, six the last couple games, and we had ten today. I mean, way too many, but, but uh, uh, we, we, we were able to overcome it. Cam Gaskins. Hey, Shane, uh, as a Falcons fan, I could have done without the 28 to three reference, but I uh, wanted to ask just about, you kind of touched on it just a little bit there. I, I, the win is the most important thing, obviously, but how do you, I guess, kind of toe the line of emotions between celebrating the win and also being rightly frustrated with the uh, self-inflicted wounds that you guys are still kind of dealing with here in week uh, six to seven at this point? Last night after the team meeting, when we showed that video, usually the final team meeting at 9 p.m. before they go to bed, it's supposed to be positive and uplifting. And after that, all these guys from Georgia, J.J., Aaron Sterling, I had to pick them up off the floor because they were in the tank after uh, George Wynn, our director of football operations. I mean, they got together, and they were a sad group. So that one kind of backfired on me a little bit. But, no, I mean, there's um, – I look at it. Obviously, it's got to be better. I see the good we did today. We've got to overcome it. Um, you know, and, and it's all the things that we talk about in practice and, and to execute. We do ball security. We, we have officials at practice so the defensive backs don't hold. And, and you know, we can't, we can't do that. And, and we'll certainly on Sundays, win or lose, we come in and we're very honest with our guys and, and, um, um, and coach the stuff that was good and coach the stuff that was bad and learn from it. And, and, but we're going to really – winning is hard. You guys have heard me say that today. Winning is hard. We really are going to um, enjoy this one and then learn from it and, and get ready for Texas A&M. We'll take two more, Augusta, then Hale. Augusta. Hey, Shane. First of all, I apologize for the intensity of my listening face just then. Um, but I wanted to ask just kind of about Zaquandre White and why we hadn't – I don't think – I was looking through the stat sheet, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we had seen him get a carry since the Georgia game. You know, had he been battling through an injury, where had he been, and will he continue to have a larger role after playing so well today? Yeah. Um, I Yes. Uh, he hadn't been battling an injury, you know, with him. It's just we got a good running back group room with, with Kevin and Marshawn and the way Juju's been running the ball. And, and those guys were doing better in practice and, and uh, all the details of runs and, and things like that, accountability stuff. He hadn't been as good, but he's been doing a good job on special teams and you know, and we, we talked about it this week as a staff, as an offensive staff, that let, who are the playmakers on our offense? And when I think about playmakers and the guys that bring energy to our offense, 
Um, Zaquandre White is one of them. So, you know, we, we're fortunate to have a great group of running backs. We've got to continue to find ways to get Z White uh, involved. And he brings energy to our team. The, the players on our team, offense, defense, special teams, they love the kid. And they love the kid because of the way that he practices and the energy that he brings. So uh, when he is touching the ball, uh, good things happen. We met when, when we came in off at halftime, you know, when we met as an offensive, offensive staff and defensive staff. I mean, one of the things I told the offensive staff was tell me how exactly how we're getting the ball to Zaquandre White early in the second half because we need to get him going. And I think we got him the ball in the first play of the game. So <laughs> thankfully they listened to me on that one. But he's a guy, uh, he's, he's explosive and, and he just loves to compete, which we want a guys that love to compete out there and bring energy. And he does. Last one goes to Hale. Uh, you're breaking up. I didn't catch that one. Can anybody help me out that hurt him? Something about did, did, was it supposed it was, to be a screen? Was it about the play call in the second quarter, Hale? Yeah, the fourth. The fourth down at the, at the end zone. Yeah, go and why I went for it. Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, I just felt like we were playing well on offense and kind of had them on, had them on their heels a little bit. And, um, you know, we talked to the team all week. The team's kind of been attacking. And we had an amazing team meeting last night about attacking. This was before the Falcons video and, and something else that we do. And the whole thing's been attacking. And, and I felt like we kind of had them on their heels a little bit and felt good about the fourth down call. And their guy made a made a nice play over there on the sideline to uh, um, to stop it. So didn't work out, but that was my thought process on that. All right. Thank you, Coach. Yep. Thank you all. Have a good night. Sorry about the stories. Not really, though. <laughs> Back when Trey and I played together at North Dakota State, uh, the day before picture day, we thought, you know, try something different. And, you know, the season hasn't been exactly what we wanted, so I figured I'd bring it back. And I guess what what was that like for you, that moment, connecting with Xavier in the end zone and feeling that crowd around you? What was that moment like for you? surreal um you know it's those moments you dream of as a kid uh, you know you always think about it you know i'm in my whatever year of playing and you still dream about those moments even at practice every day you think about making those throws and you know just doing your job and that's what it came down to david hey zeb um you know when did you get the call that said you were going in and how much time did you have to warm up uh, I mean, realistically, and I mean this in a good way, like I'm ready whenever, uh, just because I was a backup for a pretty long time, so I've always had to be ready to go. Uh, you know, I throw a little bit stretchy, and uh, they told me after that, that last possession before I went in, uh, let's go. So I was just ready. Corey Diaz. Yeah, Zeb, uh, you know, I think back to, to when Luke took over at the starting point. Uh, it was it was due to you going down to a hand injury at, during the Georgia game. Talk about just the last three weeks uh, mentally, uh, if there's been a toll on you from from having it go away from you in that manner. And then two, when you tried it back out there, you got back in the huddle with the guys with 130, 60 million. Just what was that particular moment like for you? Uh, you know, the, the, best, the only thing I can do is go be a good teammate and help Luke be ready every single week, um, no matter who we're playing or. You know, no game's bigger than the next. So, you know, I spent just as much time as I did up there when I was a starter. And, you know, there's a day goes by that we that we watch it all together. And, um, you know, you never know when your number's going to be called. Uh, so that's – I know it's cliche, but, like, I truly take that to heart just because I want to be there and I don't want to let anybody down. And then uh, part two was what was it like to get back in the huddle? Um Heck, for me, it was, I told him, keep me clean. I got you. That's that's what I said, and let's roll. Ben Portnoy. Zeb, on that eight-play drive, uh, I mean, what were kind of some of the play calls that you guys were seeing? What were you guys looking at? And I guess just kind of take us through that drive, what you saw. You know, they hadn't had many two-minute drives this season. They had uh, a quick one against UConn, I believe, and uh, a kind of a two-minute against Stanford. Um, so we hadn't seen much, and – you know, fortunate enough that I played at Iowa State and they get in that three high safety look in the um, with the three down linemen. 
I, I kind of knew where to go with the ball just from playing against those guys so much and, you know, not key it. You know, I normally key a certain guy, but I changed it up a little bit and distrusted. You know, I told Seth, we, we talked about what plays I liked. Uh, there's probably 15, 16 plays he went down a list on that. And I said, just calling him and we'll go. Gene Sapikoff. Zeb, you've been on a lot of teams, Iowa State, North Dakota State, this one. What's your feel for what this team has in it going forward? I mean, can they win some more games? You, you like the vibe with these guys? Yeah, even, you know, I told the SEC reporter this on the, on the, uh, after the game. Like, you know, personally, like, you look at the Tennessee game more down, and no one ever quit or gave up or pointed fingers or – you know, complained on the sideline, um, you know, throughout the weeks. Like, nobody's ever complained and been like, well, give me the ball or been very selfish. Like, everybody truly loves each other and cares for each other. And, you know, I just think that we've been in really bad situations. But, you, like, guys, like, we get 12 games this year, but Coach Beamer plans to be here for a long time. And it's, you know, we got to build a culture from the bottom up. And that's where it starts is games like this. You know, it's, it's probably a good thing that it went down at Tennessee because we got to find out what we're made of. Um, you know, the outcome at Tennessee wasn't great. And, you know, just continue to get better and love each other and, you know, just trend upward every single week in whatever way we can. Pete Acabelli. Pete. Let's go to Michael and Anna. Let's go to Michael and Anna. Can you hear me? They can't hear me. Oh, we're back? Okay. We got you, Stevie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry about that. Pete? Uh, hey, Zeb. Uh, two quick ones. Where does this rank for you in your uh, football career? And do you like that Colonel Zebulia Nolan stuff on Twitter? Yeah, I mean... No, it's a surreal feeling. Um, like I've told you guys before, I never thought I'd put on the pads again and never get the opportunity to do this again. And I came back just because, like, I love these guys. I truly love every one of them. Um, you know, I try to celebrate with them more than they celebrated me, you know, after that touchdown. But, you know, I just – I think it's got to be one of the tops. Just, you know, it doesn't matter who the opponent is. Like, going in and doing that, like, it's a childhood dream. It doesn't matter if you're playing the Super Bowl like Tom Brady and those guys did back when they played the Falcons or whether we're playing Vandy or whoever, it doesn't matter to me. Like, you know, those are those moments that really define people. Um, I mean, look at our old line. They held up, kept me clean. I mean, maybe just a little pressure on the one I flipped out to Z White, but, I mean, you got to give all the, you know, props to them for for that. And then, yeah, the Colonel Zebuli, it's good. Um, trying to get some shirts made, so those should be coming out pretty soon. Michael Anana. Uh, Zeb, obviously the, the the huge catch there by Leggett there to, to to win the game. Obviously hadn't had a catch yet this season before today. I know he dealt with a little injury too. Just what have you seen out of him in practice, and what just are your impressions of him as a player, and what did that moment mean do you think to him, and, and for you to see him come through with that? Yeah, I mean Xavier, we call him Zay, so he, he works hard every single day. Like during fall camp, he made great plays. Um, you know, actually the play that we scored on, I threw a touchdown to him. Uh, in practice one day on the same exact thing, it just the it came from the other side. So instead of throwing it left, I threw it from the right. You know, and it's he, he just comes to work like his injury didn't bother him. Um, you know, he's ready to go always. He practiced really hard. He worked really, really, really hard this summer, and uh, he just comes out and continues to get better. Uh, he takes one on one serious, and he learns a lot from Josh. Um, I know that people say it, but Josh is really, really smart, Josh Van, and he teaches those young guys a lot. And um, he's got a really good feel for the game, and I think that's why he's successful. So, you know, between Josh, DK, uh, Jalen Brooks, those guys help the young guys every single day continue to get better. We'll take one more. Joe Machica. Hey, Zeb. Uh, it seemed like your composure has always been very um, even kill. You seem very composed on that last drive. Um, what are, what are, like, how do you keep it composed so often? Yeah, I mean, you know, the first time I ever came in in a bad situation like that was uh, against Iowa at Iowa in the fourth quarter. And I've played at Georgia now, and I've been, but they were, 
chanting IOWA as loud as anything I've ever heard. And, uh, you know, I've, I've always told quarterbacks that played in front of me, just smile in bad situations. And, you know, I think back at that moment, Kyle Kemp, he told me, hey, man, just smile, you'll be all right. So, you know, you know what's funny is, like, the guys on the sideline, like, I tell all the other quarterbacks that I do. So they were all like, hey, man, just smile. So, you know, just go out there and have fun. It, I mean, Sat says all the time, make it recess. I mean, really, that's what football is. I mean, you get to live a dream. So just make it recess and have fun. And, you know, that stadium was pretty, pretty loud at the end of the game um, when everybody was cheering for us, you know, to keep them quiet. In the Friday game, Clemson topped Syracuse on the road 17-14. to They're now 4-2 and overall, 3-1 and in the ACC, unranked. And uh, Georgia Southern went on the road to South Alabama on Thursday. They lost 41-14. to The Eagles dropped to 2-5, and 1-3 and in Sunbelt play. That's your college football weekend recap. We'll be back later this week with another end zone edition of the WTOC Sports Podcast. Thank you for listening and downloading and subscribing. If you want to leave us a kind review, uh, we would appreciate that as well. And until then, we'll talk to you next time.